Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 359, a roundup of engagement themes discussed in recent times. Today, we're going to be talking about a special project that Joe Moffat and I were involved in during lockdown, and I'll leave Joe to explain more shortly. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. So my guests today are Joe Moffat, who's MD of Woodread, my co-strategy director at Engage Success and co-host of this show, as you'll know if you're a regular listener, and Lorna Leeson, who's founder of Little Tent. Welcome, Joe. Welcome, Lorna. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you. It's, it's a bit like a reunion. This, this is a bit, uh, we, we normally meet up on a, on a different platform to do what we're going to be talking about today. So, uh, so this, is, this is a bit different for us because we can't see each other and normally we no. can. So. Exactly. We can't just as well because I'm sitting in my car on a campsite. So uh, just as well you can't see me. <laughs> I, I, before, we get, before we get into the proper topic of this, um, I've got to ask you to explain to our listeners how come you are camping in an ice cream farm of all things what on earth is an ice cream farm <laughs> joe has visions of rows of cornettos growing in the fields um it's uh, i'm in i'm mid deal in kent and there's a uh, a company called Solly's who make lovely ice cream and they supply a lot of uh, local, normally local uh, restaurants and so on, and people like English Heritage and um, National Trust and the Marlowe in Canterbury, the theatre and all that sort of thing. And uh-huh. they uh, supplied a lot uh, to consumers during lockdown. They had to sort of change their business to be able to continue. And as part of that, we ordered their ice cream and also found out that they have a campsite. So we decided to come to the campsite. And the thing that I've been explaining to my Australian students, which doesn't really translate, but our listeners in the UK will understand, is that they're an ice cream farm so they make ice cream here and it's a farm um and the village that they're based in is called ripple (laughs) 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 and they do have raspberry ripple ice cream as one of their flavors of course because it wouldn't work otherwise would it (laughs) yeah it wouldn't it really wouldn't would it goodness me raspberry ripple wow i know that that was the very first special flavor wasn't it i think Yes, yeah, and it's very English because the Australians have no idea what I'm talking about when I really? tell them that it's quite appropriate. So yes, it's still very much a UK flavour, and but also interesting, quite you know, sort of quite an interesting sort of segue into the conversation today because you're, you're going to explain in a, in a moment, Joe, the initiative that that you created at the beginning of lockdown that uh, Lorna and I were involved in, uh, mm. and we'll talk about the fact that actually we've been talking throughout lockdown about some of the challenges that organisations have been going through and some of the sort of examples of what people have done during the situation. And actually here at the, the farm, as I say, they changed their business. They stopped selling to the commercial customers because they couldn't, and they started selling to end consumers. They set up a whole delivery 
sort of arm that they didn't have before. And actually, it's enabled them to really review their business. And I was talking to one of the owners today, and he was talking about how their business during the winter normally just goes away. But now it's going to continue because they've got this new consumer arm, um, some um, other ideas about other foods that they're going to be providing and delivering because there's a demand now that sort of didn't exist before. So uh, an organization who've really sort of um, used the opportunity of, of lockdown to do something different. Um, so Joe, we, we set up something at the beginning of uh, lockdown or rather you did and you invited Lorna and I to join you. Tell us about uh, what it is. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Um, uh, yeah, and it's interesting talking about the ice cream farm because you know absolutely it aligns with one of the things that we've seen coming through in in the conversations we've been having. But but yeah, what 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 we set up at the start of lockdown was a an initiative called the Hive, uh, and the Hive was uh, just the name that we came up with. And, and I'll I'll kind of explain the acronym in a minute because inevitably it's an acronym. Um, but the it was really the idea that we wanted to do something valuable and useful. And I think, I think all of us who perhaps are listening to this podcast, all of us who are in, uh, in business and are, and are on LinkedIn and on Twitter and, and, and other platforms um, will, will recognize that at the start of lockdown, there was this sort of almost a tsunami of content being created and generated by everybody and their wife uh, about every conceivable topic that you could think of that really could possibly relate to working from home in inverted commas and how this needed to be supported and how you could do it. And it, and it was just, it was just everywhere and there was shed loads of the stuff and, and it was all quite lengthy and I'm sure an awful lot of it was very valid and very valuable, um, but it wasn't very, sometimes very accessible. And so um, I had this idea that it might be a good thing to do to just create a, a podcast, which actually initially began as a, as a vlog, as a, a YouTube um, film. And the idea being that we would think about the challenges, and the, the questions, the things that were keeping senior leaders, mid-level managers, HR people, internal comms specialists, what was keeping them awake at night? Uh, and talk about it in a short, snappy discussion type panel. Um, but really always at the end of it, we were very careful to make sure that we wanted to give people something to take away, some practical, three practical action points that our listeners or our viewers um, would be able to take away from having listened to the the hive conversation so whilst we kind of range around the subject and chat and, and discuss and debate um we always wanted to make sure that we, we settled at the end on on three key actions so uh, the idea is that at the end of the youtube clips there is a a slide that that shares those um obviously on the podcast that's not not, not visible but they are shared on the on the pod, podcast platforms as well and i need i wanted to get a uh a team together to who I thought would be fun and engaging and there'd be a nice chemistry and and I think we I really think we ticked that box actually um and uh, the hive uh, mentioned it's an acronym and it, and we wanted to cover H for HR issues I for internal communications challenges V for the virtual workplace and, and clearly that was something which many people were thrust into at, at very very short notice and E for employee engagement 
Um, and as we talked and, and the topics went on over the weeks, um, we've really have encompassed all of those things. And uh, Joe, obviously, I knew you um, well from having been a colleague together uh, through Engage for Success, as you say. We both host this show. We both uh, sit on the core team and are co-strategy directors. But we've worked together as well. Um, in the in the, the real world, um, real world. And, <laughs> and, uh, and that's where I, I met Lorna um, and Lorna and I have worked together Lorna was a client of mine um, way back when um, and uh, we've worked together in, in, in a couple of guises um, I think we've always um, shared an agenda and, and, and sort of you know uh, agree on a lot of stuff and I thought that there would be some good insight to come out of the three of us and um, and of course my colleague Woodreed Charlotte was also involved um, in, in some of the shows with us as well and we've had the odd special guests along the way too but but the idea being we pick topics um, we talk about them briefly usually around about 10 minutes and then come up with three key points and practical takeaways for people at the end um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah we've we just we just literally today published our 19th episode didn't we where we and that was where we were channeling our inner Donald Rumsfeld and starting to talk about how, how, how do we handle the uncertainty of uncertainty. Mm, <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, um, great. Thanks for sort of positioning it. Lorna, um, everyone or most people listening will know quite a bit. <coughs> Give us a, a, a couple I of... Just, um, um, Sorry, Joe, can I just interrupt there? Because I caught my breath and started choking. I thought I ought to mute myself, but I muted the wrong Joe. So I'm... <laughs> you... I you think I got the gist. You me that you were muted. You muted me, did you? Yeah, yes. well, I think I got the gist. <laughs> so I was just asking Lorna to just um, give us a little pen picture of who she is for the listeners, because they all know us. Um, so hopefully that came across. But yes, Lorna, just just give us a couple of lines about your expertise. <laughs> so um, thanks, Joe. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm a HR professional by, by trade. I focus very much on working with organisations and leaders who are making change, leading change, going through times of change and want to make sure that their people um, come through that thriving and in line with the business objectives and feeling good about everything. I set up my own business, Little Tent, about three years ago now because I really, really believe, like Engage for Success, that there is a better way for work to work for, um, for everyone. And at the time, I included myself in that because the corporate job I was doing, um, I very flippantly say it nearly killed me, but in lots of ways, I think it nearly did. And so I decided that I wanted to work for myself. And part of the purpose and mission of what I wanted to do was to make workplaces work better for human beings. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do with Little Tent. And I do that through a combination of things, including um, leadership coaching, team coaching, uh, people strategy, um, supporting organizations that are going through either large scale transformations and want to make sure their people are all right, or they want to do some cultural change work um, to create a better environment for them with their people. Lovely. A small enough nutshell. That was, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. So, Joe, I think you've probably got some um, questions, thoughts, um, key points to sort of raise. I think that the one thing I would say as we're sort of kicking off is that uh, as we went through the shows, not having sort of um, pre-prepared a lot of what we were going to say, 
it's fair to say that we each had our own sort of pet topics that cropped up in most of the shows, <laughs> <laughs> which um, uh, at some stage I'm sure I'm sure we'll come to. But uh, it, it's interesting that even as broad as some of the topics were, not surprisingly, you know, we we kept coming back to real sort of basic, really important stuff, didn't we? That that we just, did goes through all so much of it but yeah, yeah I'll yeah. hand over to you yeah we did and as, as I say we've just just published this, the 19th episode but we it's interesting I, I'm just looking back at the topics we've covered and you know we started off talking about emotional intelligence and how um, internal comms or HR people can try and coach their leaders to better use that and better apply empathy uh, for their people because of course right at the very beginning um, it was it was we've got this remote workforce and how do we you know how do we uh, maintain connections with them how do we support them how do we motivate them how do we reassure them um, and certainly one of the themes that came out in that first episode which has flown right through um, everything is the, is the need to be human um, and to uh, be able to demonstrate some empathy with your people um, through the current situation. Um, mm. we, we've talked about a lot about communication. Initially, it was around this unheard of concept called furloughing. Um, you know, what, what, what's the right way to deal with, with communicating to your furloughed employees? How do you do that? How do you go about doing that? And again, that humanity came through in there. Um, we've, we've touched on neuroscience. We've done a lot around health and well-being. Um, we've mm. looked at burnout. We've looked at Zoom fatigue and whether there is such a thing. And then mm. it's interesting because there's been a bit of a chronology when you look at the titles, it's because of this inevitably we've started. We've kind of at, at the beginning it was this is this is we've suddenly been thrust into this world of change. Um, you know, some would say you know the biggest change program. Um, most organisations have ever seen, and we we completed it within about you know three days, um, which is pretty mm. kind of impressive. <laughs> Almost the, the biggest change program organisations have had to do with no planning. Yeah, And then we sort of you know the weeks went by, and we started thinking about coming back and returning to something or other, and uh, uh, you know what building back better would look like, and, and you know looking at some of the positive things that have come out of this. But I think certainly this this idea, one of the you talked about the recurring themes, and one of those recurring themes was very much your your favourite, Joe, wasn't it? Was this. <laughs> And it just kept coming through that no matter what the challenges are that you're facing as, an, as a senior leader in HR or as an internal comms person, um, you've got to remember that your people are individuals and we need mm. to treat them as such. And you, Joe, that was that was your that was your COVID <laughs> bingo card, wasn't it? Really, it was. I was starting to think I didn't have anything else to say, but as you say, it's it's so true. Even you know things feel a lot different now, and 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 sort of there's movement. People are starting to, or organisations are starting to open up offices, and obviously we've got the whole schools thing, you know, kicking off shortly as well. And uh, and 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 yet, and and you know, so so many people have so many different stories and so many different perspectives. I mean, I just had a, a call this afternoon. And, you know, all the different views just out of four people on the call was, you know, just really interesting in that how can we, you know, really bring people back into workplaces? How can we keep moving forward as organisations 
um, no, you know, knowing that everybody is in such a different situation and it's even more important than it has ever been to take that into account when making decisions within organisations. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, plays to the second enabler of engagement for success that, that we need leaders or managers who, who treat their people as individuals and, and, and coach them and stretch them. And, and you know, that's mm. been really important. But I think um, it's also another one that lined with that was, was the whole employee voice thing, wasn't it, Lorna? I mean, that mm. kind of came through loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's, a, it's a tension, isn't it, during times of crisis or change. The, the default, and we talked about this quite a bit, in different episodes, the default very often when you feel that you're in crisis is, is to communicate less, whereas mm. um, the fact that this was such a, a humanitarian crisis initially, um, as well as an organisational and economical crisis, meant that, um, and, and because it affected, to, to Joe's point, so many people in so many different ways, um, you never really knew the complete personal impacts of uh, of covid on on all of your employees and it was guaranteed to be different that the only way really to make sure that you were supporting them and they felt um as secure as they possibly could given the circumstances was to have true dialogue which involves mm. both listening to and conversing and you know and regularly communicating to to employees and i think um that was just the theme that ran all the way through and i don't think that need has gone away yet I, I don't think it will go away, will it? I mean, no. it, you know, it, it should no. always be there anyway in any in any effective um, uh, organisation and, and, and strategy. But it's it's absolutely, you know, kind of shining bright as being the thing that really, mm. really matters, yeah. isn't it? So, um, yeah, interesting. And 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 also the 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 other thing that um, that really has come through throughout this and, and, and I think it's quite interesting actually because what we've what I think we've also seen is that in the early episodes we we three were talking a little bit from a position of saying this is how we ought to be doing these things this is how we need to be doing things this is and trying to sort of um, sh- share those recommendations but actually what's gone on is as, as the weeks have gone by we've seen some really cracking examples out in the mm. wider world of organisations who have done the right thing, leaders mm. who have done the right thing. You know, as well as there's been, you know, clearly there've been a few along the way who who haven't. But you know, it's it's not like we've been preaching from a position of these things are unachievable. We've seen a lot of this great practice being evidenced, haven't we? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, you know, early on we well not early on sort of as things were sort of moving forward to starting to think about offices opening up we talked about the twitter example where they said that opening their offices was was going to be their decision but actually when and if employees would back or not was the employee's decision uh, and that was one of the first sort of um really strong messages that went out i think across you know the world from an organization that that really understood that that whole piece around individuals but also that that um you know people being frightened and not knowing whether they you know felt able to come back to work and and the organization was saying well we're not going to force you we're just going to make it available but also we know that we can operate with you from home you know just as well sort of thing which was really interesting yes yeah Yeah. i think lorna one of the things that you've been um very much um keen on on sort of highlighting has been the need for authenticity Mm. yeah and 
in, in terms of leaders and, and, and managers, really. And the, the opportunity that this has almost presented people with an opportunity to be authentic mm. in a way that they perhaps haven't had before. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because it's a little bit of a dichotomy. Um, you know, we're going through extremely testing times. We have been going through some very testing times and people are n- naturally uh, fearful. They feel very vulnerable. They're uncertain. There are people who still feel that way because, of course, furlough's ending and the uncertainty hasn't gone away. But in the early days, there were people who were fearful for, you know, health and the health of their loved ones as, as well as everything else. And um, during those times, it's, it's quite easy to sort of, uh, put up a, a barrier to shut yourself up. Well, we saw some really beautiful examples of leaders, chief executives, sharing their own vulnerability and saying, I, I'm, I'm muddling through this. I've struggled this week. Mm-hmm. This has been tricky for me. And of course, when a leader does that, they give permission to everybody else in the organization, the people they're talking to, to be vulnerable to. They make it okay. They normalize it, which of course is part of the conversation that we've been having in a way around mental well-being in the mm-hmm. workplace. And I think, um, what one of the, um, the the good things, if you like, to come out of this is that actually it's, it, I think it's fast tracked some of those conversations about are we all right? Are you okay? How are we feeling? Which mm. we're feeling a little bit clunky still in some organisations. But I think those leaders that really um, manage to build uh, trust and help calm their people through this were the ones that were the most authentic, the most honest, the most open, even when they were saying we're not quite sure we don't know um but here are the things that are important to us and this is how we're going to work it through and by the way we're a bit scared as well and I think that really helped calm some people because they've seen their leaders in different lights and they've seen people they work with from home um you know they've seen people with their kids and their dogs around them and the piles of laundry behind them and the postman <laughs> going you know mm-hmm. going yes we've been talking about bring your whole self to work for a long while but it felt like a bit of a cliche and in some respects lots of people have been able to bring more of their whole selves to work even though they've not physically been there which is a bit of a um a, a contradiction but yeah funny how it happened and it's yeah. funny that that actually was one of one of the shows we talked about well what have what have been despite the fact that it's been you know this has obviously been a you know, a horrendous experience for a lot of people and clearly you know not nothing anyone would wish on on anyone um mm-hmm. there have been some real positives to come out of this experience and i'm sure we'll continue to and one of them was exactly that wasn't it that we for the first time are really seeing people as as multifaceted human beings who really can bring yeah. their whole selves to work even if they're only just going down to the dining room table or along the along the corridor to the spare bedroom or mm perched on Absolutely. a sofa with a yeah. laptop on their lap yeah. um, and, and that was very much a positive and and the the ability to work in an agile way which is clearly one of your your big things joe isn't mm. it in terms of being you know, your whole productivity and, and, and agile approach is that we're starting to see that um having been proven yeah. as being effective yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, we again, you, Lorna just said, you know, we've been talking about bring your whole self to work forever. We've been talking about the future of work forever. We've been talking mm-hmm. about sort of digital transformation and flexible working and all, all of those things. And, and it really sort of accelerated so much of the change around those topics. And it, it didn't always work really well. And, you know, some <laughs> had it been a uh, you know a, a test had it been a, a trial it probably you know some of them wouldn't have worked and they'd have gone straight back to you know plan a but obviously that wasn't an option so we had to push through and make those those things happen but it's interesting how many organizations could 
very quickly get set up to work remotely and allow that flexibility and, and, and so on. But, you know, we're still, you know, talking and seeing and, and people are still learning about how do you manage people remotely? How do you keep people engaged? How do you continue to communicate, you know, regularly? And, and I don't think many organisations are, are, you know, are anywhere near where they need to be with it. But clearly, you know, they've they've got a lot further on through, you know, trial and error really over the last uh, however yeah. long. And it's interesting, one of the things, one of the um, shows that we did, which I can't uh, sort of think why it took us till show 15 to, to think about it, was how how do people now start a job? So how do people yeah. who've never worked in an organisation before start a job now when they're not going to, in many cases, be in that, that sort of environment in the office? They're going to be working from home. You know, and people have changed jobs through lockdown. I've certainly got friends who've who've actually changed jobs from home and gone to work for the organisation from home, which just seems weird already. But, you know, we did have that whole conversation about if you've never had a you know, a proper job, a career job, and you're now going to start working for an organisation, but you're at home, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you learn all that stuff that you you absorb by osmosis, that sitting next to sitting next to Nelly or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very, very difficult. And with, I just say without the historical knowledge of having done it already at another organisation, so you're not even bringing your your sort of pre-existing skills for starting a new, new job to this new scenario. These are people who haven't, you know, had that happen, so they don't know how to, uh, to, to, you know, they don't know what questions to ask. It's that you don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know sort of thing, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, fascinating. yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. And I think one of the other good things that's, that we, we've seen has been this, the ability that people have, people have really risen to the challenges and they have, you know, picking up on your point about trying new things and trying new ways of being flexible and agile. Um, people have risen to the challenge. They have learned new skills and there's been some both individually and in a kind of corporate sense, some really solid acts of, of compassion that have been demonstrated out there, which, which again have been, you know, really positive things to, that we wouldn't like to sort of lose from the whole experience. So I guess it's kind of where do we, you know, where do we go from here, eh? Well, I'm sure we've got a few more shows in us for a start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and no, I say to listeners, if you're interested in following up, at least go and look at the titles for these shows. I have to give Jo some kudos here. You can tell she's a, a comms expert because, um, you know, that one you were talking about, about people, um, you know, they're being positive to some of this, was entitled How to Focus on the Good Things Without Being Pollyanna. <laughs> <laughs> tickled me. Oh well, that yes, now, see, that came from Lorna. I think it was something she said in the show, and it um, it kind of struck me. And then we've got engagement is for life, not just for COVID. And then there yeah. was a rather cryptic one a couple of weeks ago: be more buffer. Yeah, um, another one of my with, special little off-the-cuff comments. Yeah, it was marvelous. It was okay. marvelous. But we've got we've got a rather. I mean, some topics we're always we'd love to hear what the challenges are people think that they'd like us to explore Mm. so get in touch if there's particular burning issues that you'd like us to explore we've got one coming up um which is really plaintive i a plaintive cry for help which i picked up on um in a facebook group actually where somebody said i'm 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 fine with this working from home thing i'm i'm kind of getting the hang of it and i'm doing okay but has anyone got any tips to help me deal with the awful isolation? And I, and I, mm. I'm desperately sad, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to look at that in a in a future one. And and we always welcome we always would welcome some some special guests as well. We've had we had um, we have one uh, we had Sarah Brewster on when we talked specifically about health and wellbeing when it was Mental Health Awareness Week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. if anyone would like to join the Hive uh, to talk mm-hmm. about a particular topic, we'd, we'd welcome them as well. So, mm, absolutely yeah. and and the easiest way is probably just to email us at engage for success info engage for success and I, I can forward it on to joe and we're sort of um easy to get hold of that way yes yes absolutely mm-hmm. um but it's it's been it's been fun so far hasn't it girls so uh and great to be able to bring it to the engage for success platform um a lot of our conversation has been around engagement people won't be surprised to hear given that's what um we all focus on at different times in Absolutely. in what we do so yeah it's been, yeah, it's i been mean it, you know it's fair mm. to say that underpinning all of these if we were to be you know if we were to sort of just go through and tick every box you know we've talked about the importance of purpose so it's you know enabler number one the ability of senior leaders to articulate that purpose and engage their people with that purpose Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been there. You know, there's been this recurring thing which, which we joke about that is so crucial of um, the need to treat people as individuals um, and the, yeah. the role of line managers in that employee voice in there. And then, of course, it, the fourth enabler organisational integrity, that authenticity and being true to yourself and true to your values. So they've all come through. So, um, you know, not, not yeah. that surprising when you consider who the Hive panellists are, that that would no. be the case. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's good exactly. to see. It's been good to yep. see and long may it continue. Brilliant. Brilliant. So thanks, Joe and Lorna, for uh, uh, coming on to the show so that we can share with uh, more people on this. Um, just to let people know, uh, next week's Bank Holiday Monday, so we don't have a show um, on a bank holiday. But the following week, Joe Moffat will be back with Clara Buckingham, who's head of people at James and James e-commerce fulfillment. And they're going to, be, going to be talking about creating a workplace culture of challenge. So Joe will be back with you in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Great stuff. Lovely. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And um, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys, for having me. Pleasure. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.